Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm pleased to announce my next novel, War on Humanity. The long-awaited sequel to War on Halloween is finally here, and the stakes for the Dawsons have never been higher. It is available for pre-order now, releasing June 5th, 2023. Here is a brief description. Mike Dawson has returned to his family with ominous words, warning of a potential invasion. He carries the book, an arcane sinister tome with incredible power, and it's made him and his children targets. Targets of the government. They can't let the book or Mike's knowledge of it out in the wild, and Mike finds himself in the middle of a power struggle between multiple secretive agencies. He doesn't know who to trust as the threat of invasion looms, and a terrible discovery only complicates it more. They've found a second book. It's an identical copy to Mike's cursed artifact, with the same terrible potential, and it must be found before it's used to invite hell into our world. Now Mike and his family must find the second book, avoid capture, and stop the invasion before it's too late. The link to pre-order is in the show notes, available in print wherever you buy your books with the Kindle edition on Amazon. I've worked really hard on this one, and I would love for you to check it out. On to the show. Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I love uh, giving microloans to people who uh, live in incredibly privileged areas uh, to do poor jobs. That's that's great. Also, I really love the idea of, oh, let's just take all this stuff, use it, and then return it. I'm totally okay with defrauding corporations. I want to go on the record. I'm totally okay with that. But also, don't be stupid about it. I don't. Matt, like, I know you're describing, like, you're making, this is what you do every week. You make jokes about things that happen in this episode. But uh-huh. I like literally as you're talking. I'm like, did that actually happen? Did I re- did this? <laughs> is this episode exist? It did. This episode barely exists. Like that is like my actual takeaway. Like you're talking about things that happened in the plot. I'm like, did it happen? Is was this episode? Does this episode like do things go on in this episode? Just it's like 20 minutes of like static, and it would be the same effect on me. Hi, we have brought you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content, $5 a month, gain access to that, and much, much more. This is the best deal in podcasting. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. All, all the episodes that have fallen off the main feed, I upload them every single week on a Patreon. If you want to go check out the, the yes, the, we're almost like Matt, all the golden, all the golden year episodes are almost all gone now off our feed. Like 300, we're 300 oh, episodes, no. 300 episodes we have a backlog of, which is a lot. Okay. There's a lot of podcasts to do, that cut people off at 50. They keep 50 episodes up. We have 300 and most of them are post golden years, which is, that's where we're at in the show. That's what we're doing. Yikes. We have someone to thank, Matthew. All right. Adrian Fernandez. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Adrian. This week's episode is Lona Lisa, episode MABF17, originally aired October 3rd, 2010, written by Valentina El Garza, directed by Matthew Fonin, received a five rating with 8.6 million viewers. The chalkboard gag, I did not see the teacher applying for welfare. It's too real. It's too it real. Really that's a little, that's upsetting. Couch gag. Family finds a dead man on the living room floor, then run from the police in their couch. They are soon arrested, identified in a lineup, and executed on an electric couch. This is a, uh, uh, dark, awful? very dark, very dark. Yeah. It's a very, this episode, these, both of these, the chopper gag and the couch gag, they're just very dark, very grim. Uh, that's a guest stars. Speaking of grim, Mark Zuckerberg as himself, uh, Chris Hansen as himself, which nothing against Chris Hansen, the man, but not a, like when you think of Chris Hansen, you think of pedophiles. Like it's not, there's a, it's like, okay. Uh, why would you, why would you invite that comparison onto your show? Why would you do that? Uh, and that we have, do have a uh, Muhammad Yunus as himself, who is a Nobel peace prize winner, uh, a man who's done great things in the world. So I guess they're trying to balance out the Zuck on this with uh, a, a good person. The Zuck. The, with Zuck 
the monster and Muhammad Yunus is a, a great man. They're trying to balance it out. I, I guess. Then we also have Terry W. Green as the as a janitor, and Terry W. Green is a guy who's worked on the show for a long time and occasionally does a voice spot here and there. Um, this episode is very empty, Matt. That's what I'm going to say. Yes, it's incredible. There's nothing good about this. It's not, but it's also like it's not aggressively bad in any way. It's just there. No, you know what? You know what? I will say. I will say. The the one good thing about this episode is it might introduce some people to micro loans, and I'm okay with that. That's fair point. That's I think that's a fair point. Um, other than that, not a lot. There's just nothing. It's just it's just 20 minutes. It, like the, the again, you can tell they are stretching. Like the the couch gag is they have a full intro, a very long couch gag. It feels very much like we need to stretch this episode out, fill all this time. Uh, and and then we start with a Nitchkin Scratchy cartoon, which is a parody of the beginning of Up, and which is strange. The beginning of Up is also already incredibly sad. You don't need to Itchy and Scratchy to make it sad for the for Scratchy and his wife. Whatever, it's an Up parody. That's what it is. It's fine. It's very long. Um, I don't know. I don't know why this is at the beginning of this episode because it's not like the family is watching TV. The family is going to visit Abe after church, which further lends credits to the idea that they just made, like, at this point in the show, Matt, do you think they just make Itchy and Scratchy cartoons divorced from everything and just pop them in? Yes, they just, they just pick one to pop in there because it doesn't seem like it matters to the episode at all. Mm-hmm. So a, the family's visiting Abe. They're after church. They just came from church, I guess. Um, we're talking to Abe. This is really just to give the family some money, I guess, because Abe, I like, it's like a. This is basically a narrative device. Like, let's get the plot rolling, and I'll give them that. It does get things moving relatively quickly. Uh, like I, you know, there's not a lot of inciting incidents. Uh, very gentle, positive, uh, from me on that. Abe sees the family and reveals that he is ready to give them their inheritance right now. Anyone, I've decided to give you all your inheritance now. Hmm. Are you sure about that, Grandpa? <laughs> I just want to see the look on your faces when I share with you the fruits of a lifetime of labor. <laughs> Fifty bucks each? That's your life savings? This won't even cover the vig on what I owe. Well, I lost the rest investing in a Broadway musical based on the real-life story of Eddie Goodell, the midget who had one big league at bat. I even wrote a song for American League President Will Harridge. What do I do with this damn little man? His strike zone's the size of a tuna fish can. He lost his money investing in a musical. Yeah, he did yeah. do that. Okay, why can't you just say he's poor? It. I mean, it, he's what, he's never had a good job. Whatever, it, it's fine, man. This is like at least this is like there's creativity in this, right? Like this idea of this weird musical about this strange yeah. man who existed in history. I'll give him something. You know, it's something. I would like this. This episode desperately could have used something more, like just more, like some. We talk about like the density of jokes in the golden years, like how every there's there's so much richness in the writing and in the sight gags and the layering of every joke. And this episode is just one of those bright, glaring examples of how empty it feels. Like it's just a lot of empty air of nothing, of waiting for us to laugh, I guess, at things. They go to the mall with their fifty dollars. They're gonna. Everyone's gonna go spend their money. Bart immediately gives his money to Gil to make him walk up an escalator all day long. Uh, Marge, mm. it's fine, Matt. Marge wants a purse. She's gonna spend fifty dollars on a purse. They, she goes to Cossington's, and because of peer pressure from um, from who is the it's it's Doctor Herbert's wife. I forget her. Does what is Doctor Herbert's wife's I name? Bernice. Bernice. Bernice uh, and uh, gay stereotype. Joy and Julio for some reason. Julio. Gay stereotype Julio, which they lean into harder on this. 
Uh, they literally Ugh. he has a business card it's called Sassy Gay Friend. Marge wants a purse. He bu- she buys one. Th- she's about to buy one, thinking it's fifty dollars instead. It's five hundred dollars. She doesn't care. She wants this purse because of one. She wants it in two because she's getting peer pressure that they think she's a poor. She's poor lady. She doesn't make any money, so she can't afford five hundred dollar purse. Um, she buys it. Homer immediately. Then that's the. This is the B plot, Matt. This is the beginning of the B plot. B plot is terrible. Uh, mostly because it's incredibly it's terrible and pointless. Like it, it, the whole thing is, oh, Grandpa gives everyone money. Let's skip right to Lisa doing something with it. We don't need this dumb Homer Marge bot. It's and like Matt. In theory, I go, this is fine, right? This is a silly B plot to counteract the like more serious A plot, right? It's Lisa and Nelson, and it's a little bit sad. And like, I get. The idea of like, oh, we want to have a light and silly B plot to counteract more serious, heavier A plot. In theory, in practice, the B plot is not funny. There is no laughs. It is just very dumb. And therefore, it doesn't help counteract anything. It just makes you bored. It's very boring. Uh, yeah, it's like every time they, they, they switch to this, I'm like, get back to the a plot because at least something kind of interesting is going on things are happening in the a plot the b plot is the it's sitcom humor it's very like it is like replacement level sitcom humor the b plot all of it so marge emile is gonna like oh i should homer is like you spent 500 dollars on a purse blah 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 blah. Uh, is again very basic um but homer marge agrees to return it homer in return He's going to take her out to a fancy restaurant to show it off, to show off her purse. Um, the purse, and this takes forever. Like, I, I'm falling asleep just describing it. They go to this restaurant. <laughs> they get they, they get seated at a bad table. The purse, because the waitress hostess sees the purse, they get upgraded to a nice table. And therefore, the purse gets some access. And, and then... Okay, that's we're ju- okay. That's we're not. There's more later with this B plot. I can't take it. Uh, we jump to the A plot, which is at least somewhat interesting. It has a kernel of interest in it, where this is where Lisa's what is deciding what to do with her fifty dollars. She wants to donate to a charity. She's trying to figure out what charity to donate it to, and in this we get this little I don't know ad, this little commercial, explaining what microloans are. Hmm, what's this? Most banks are for the haves, not the have-nots. I'm sorry, but we simply can't accept your collateral. I'm just a goat, but even I know that a peasant in an emerging economy can't get a break. She needs a microloan. A guilty first worlder lends $50 or more to the microloan bank, who uses it to help my owner financial business. Working together, we can help people help themselves. And now, apparently, I am a girl. <laughs> so there's a goat in that commercial, Matt, explaining what microloans are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't quite actually explain what microloans are, but whatever. You get the gist of it. Um, That's the... Okay, we go back to the B-plot after that. The interminable scene of Marge of terrified of getting the purse dirty. Which makes sense. I mean, that's the way a lot of boomers are, even though Marge and Homer really aren't boomers, boomers anymore. You know, it's like, oh, you can't return this unless it's in pristine condition. And now it's like, oh, well, that's a little, there's some leeway there. Now, Matt, we have this scene mm-hmm. where Marge is terrified of getting her purse dirty. And eventually, Homer but Raleigh, spells... there's there's not a lot of humor in that. So we have to have, oh, I don't know, the cops there being undercover. There is that. There is that. Uh, there's a lot of... In, uh, but Marge's purse eventually gets cocktail sauce on it from Homer. But does that actually end up mattering and doing anything and meaning anything? Does this dirty purse matter? Does this stained purse nope. matter? No, it doesn't. It's a very long scene. The only thing that matters is that Marge is allowed to return the dirty purse. Yes. Which inevitably, it will get dirty. Which we haven't even gotten to yet. This first act is half the episode. Half the episode is this first act, and it is so boring. So, we finally get to the end of the end of this act and the last scene where Lisa finds that... finds by, She decided... Lisa's decided, I'm going to give my money to this microloan charity... And she gets to decide who she's going to loan it to. 
which I'm not sure if that actually works like that. Do you actually decide who your micro loan goes to? Or is he just give it Generally, to Generally, yes. Okay. It, it, it does work exactly like it's shown in the episode. You get to basically uh, people have, you know, uh, pitch videos and those sorts of things. And you get to pick who your money goes to. But generally, you are anonymous to them. They just get money. Right. So we finally get Lisa scanning through this website, trying to decide who to give her money to. And then she realizes Nelson is on there. and She wants to give him the money. Thank you so much for clicking on me. I'm Mohammed Yunus, founder of the Grameen Bank. And, oh yeah, I'm also the winner of the Nobel Peace Prize. To find an entrepreneur you want to lend to, click on my nose. If you can catch it, it's up here. Oh, down here. Too slow. Okay, I'll hold still. No, I won't. <laughs> Got it! Goodbye. Let's see. I could help someone in any impoverished area on Earth. Bangladesh, Bolivia, East Springfield... My name is Nelson Mandela Muntz. Nelson? And my dream is to make and market custom bicycles. Nelson, <gasps> my dream is to make enough money so as I can get the rest of this tattoo removed. <sighs> Sorry I wasted your time. No fool would take a chance on a loser like me. I will. I'll take a chance on you, Nelson Muntz. Nelson, I gotta take this computer to the pawn shop so as we can get White Castle for your birthday. <laughs> Oh, boy. I'm going to add this to the list of things I'm just tired of that I don't need any more of ever. Nelson's mom. Yeah, let's stop making fun of the Munces, please. Nelson's mom is like, I, whatever thing they're doing with her, it, it's been driven into the ground. Please stop. Please stop. Um, But this is a problem. This is episodes from 2010. They did not stop. They continue to do this. We go to a commercial finally oh my lord 10 minutes and 32 seconds yeah very very long first act uh and then it just gets weird from here on out so uh the first thing that happens is lisa breaking all the rules of how this is supposed to work goes to see nelson and see how he's doing with the money that lisa loaned him anonymously so nelson i see you started a small business yeah some anonymous dude sent me 50 bucks probably someone cool like famous amos or baba booey and i'm gonna justify his faith in me well whoever your mysterious donor is he or she really wants you to succeed ding dong oh your first customer be nice right nice good day mr barf breath Good day to you. Let me be frank. Everyone thinks you're a wuss. So we'll change the pink to black, elevate the seat. Trust me, it's slimming. And change this wicker basket to no basket. Do you like it? Oh, I love it. Mmm. Mmm. Wow. My first job. Tonight, I'm having peanut butter and jelly. No more PB or J for me. So, yes, we can see that the $50 that Lisa lent uh, Nelson is, is doing him some good. He's getting his uh, business set up and despite insulting the customers or, you know, just being honest with them, depending on how, your opinion of that, uh, he's doing well. And this honestly is an interesting plot. I like where this is going, uh, but don't worry. We'll screw it up soon. I mean, unfortunately, Matt, every single moment they start building momentum with the A plot, they just go back to the B plot, and it is dull and monotonous and very sitcommy, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. Uh, so we go back to the Marge and Homer plot, uh, where Marge goes to return the purse, and she's super nervous about this. But as usual for retail, the person working the counter is like, yeah, whatever, and just gives her her money back. So Marge is extremely relieved at this, but of course we have to have. Uh, echoes of jerk ass Homer here to say, oh, uh, we're going to keep doing this. <laughs> Check and mate. Thank God I will never do that again. Wait a minute, Marge. Don't you realize what just happened? You got to enjoy that bag for nothing. We can buy stuff we can't afford, temporarily own the hell out of it, and then indignantly bring it back for a full refund. <laughs> Hide a sandwich in this hat? Mary Poppins myself to work with this umbrella? Homie, you know what happens when you push your luck? Yeah, the luck lasts longer. Thanks to the power of returns, this store is our closet! <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So this is exactly where the B plot goes, and it's incredibly stupid and really goes nowhere from this. Like there, there's no more point in the entire B plot. But thankfully, we get back to the A plot. Uh, where Lisa gets a video message uh, through the microlending platform uh, from Nelson. And he's doing really well. He's got some employees. He's got lots of business. I mean, this is actually working out really well for him. But then we have to go back to the B-plot. Homer invites Lenny and Carl over. Uh, he's covered in rich people things, but everything still has price tags on it. They're not to touch anything. Uh, they can't pull the, you know, uh, the the hand of the peel on the TV uh, so you can't actually see what's happening, and you can't actually get in the hot tub. The hot tub has to stay in the box, which, okay, I guess this is supposed to be a joke, but it's just so stupid. I just, it's uh. the, 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 Again, Matt, the problem is this is one joke. There is a single joke here. The joke is they can't use the stuff. That's the joke. The guy, that's the guy. And it's somehow going to go on and on and on. It, and the, they use a single joke to carry on through an entire scene and. There's never a mo- like. What are we learning here? What's the end goal of this? There and that's. I mean, the, frankly, that's the problem with the a plot too. Like, they're just w- what? Where are we going? Nowhere is the answer. Quickly. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but at, at this point, we go back to the a plot, thankfully, and we get Lisa revealing to Nelson that she is the lender, uh, but it does not go how she thinks. Hi, Nelson. Here again, oldies. I guess now that I'm a success, you want to get back together with me. Dolph called it. No, but there is something I can't hold back anymore. I'm your microfinance donor. Your L. Simpson jazz girl? Oh, my God. I owe you everything. Well, I didn't do this for thanks. But if you want to thank me, I can stand here and listen for as long as it takes. I'm sure you can. Lisa, if it weren't for you, I never would have achieved the kind of success that has allowed me to quit school. You're quitting school? Dropping it like a melon off an overpass. But don't you know, the people who don't go to college make 3% less than people who do? Lisa, thanks to you and Nobel laureate Mohammed Yunus, I can do this. Spelling meets F-Y-R-E. <gasps> so, yes, this is where we are. Uh, right as we finish up the act two, uh, the second act, uh, Nelson has decided he is so successful in business, he's going to quit in the, I assume, fourth grade. Uh, Nelson's actual grade kind of goes back and forth. We're pretty sure fourth, um, which is not enough education, especially for someone from uh, Nelson's incredibly uh, non-privileged background. Uh, so this is going to go poorly, but you know that's obvious. We're, we're going to push that out. We have to see how it unspools. But first, we have to go to Act 3 and finally end this horrible B-plot. <sighs> I don't, I don't, I don't think that, okay, the A-plot is also, there's just not, I don't know what it's trying to get at. Maybe if it had more, maybe if they used some of the time to actually build out more about education or something, I don't know. Come back from commercial at 14 minutes and 47 seconds. Homer is is returning all the stuff that they bought, I guess on credit, Uh, and then he gets he he takes it to the counter at Costington's. The the cashier leaves, and Chris Hansen shows up. And it's not to catch a predator anymore. It is to catch what a credit fraud or something like that. Uh, to catch uh, Robbie, Robbie, I'm I'm sorry. Oh no, we have to get this right because of how incredibly stupid it is. It's to catch a credit whore. Oh cool. That's why I didn't pull this clip. Uh, because I hate it. Um. <laughs> Why would you fool? That's not. I don't. What is this? And and like and then Homer's terrified. Of, then he signs the waiver to get to be on TV. Okay. Well, like, what is what is the point of any of this? Did it get? Did does it matter? Like they the, again and also like they're just like who cares if the Simpsons had to spend thousands of dollars on this stuff and they didn't get their money back? Mm-hmm. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's funny money. This is cartoon world. We can do whatever we want. I'm like, well, you have to treat it like if there's no tension, even in a B plot, even in a silly B plot, there has to be a, there has to be some sort of tension about. Oh no, they've lost all their money. They have, but they don't care. Like they will quickly. We they don't even mention it again. Um, so Lisa is upset because Nelson's dropping out of school. Uh, 
she doesn't want him to do that. And for good reason. Yeah, he's in fourth grade. You should not, fourth graders should not be dropping out of, out of school. Uh, it is illegal, uh, first of all. So I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't, it does make any, it doesn't make any freaking sense. None of this makes any sense. You can't, they make, you, you have to go to school when you're that young. They don't let you not go to school. You have to be in high school to drop out. You have to be 16. At least it was in Florida when I was, when I was in high school. Um, and that's too young. <laughs> they should, whatever. Um, Lisa thinks she's going to convince Nelson if she takes him to successful business owners, successful entrepreneurs, and teaches teaches him that, oh, no, they went to school. You're going to, you should stay in school, too. And this is where we meet Mark Zuckerberg. Lisa, why did you bring me here? Oh, I don't know. I thought one of these super successful people might tell you how important it is to stay in school. Why, look, it's Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook. Mr. Zuckerberg, I'm Lisa, and this is Nelson. Sup, Zuck? Mark Zuckerberg is happy to meet new friends. That's great, Mr. Zuckerberg, but I was hoping you could tell us how education was instrumental to your success. Well, the truth is, I dropped out of Harvard. You did? Better earning than learning. Hell yeah. I'll get the best kind of degree. Honorary, baby. Well, clearly you're an exception. Am I, Lisa? Bill Gates? Dropout. Virgin Airlines' Richard Branson? Dropout. What? Didn't anybody here stay in school? I did. Graduated magna cum laude. There, you see? I'm afraid I haven't done too well for myself, but I can certainly appreciate the irony of it. <laughs> Lisa is apparently very bad at doing research because everyone knows that Mark Zuckerberg couldn't graduate. Also, Mark Zuckerberg can't even do voice acting in a human way. I'm at here. Um, the, I obviously uh, in 2010, the zeitgeist around Zuckerberg was a very different thing. Facebook was a very different thing in 2010. Mark Zuckerberg at this point in 2023 uh, has uh, disrupted elections in multiple countries, has enabled genocides, uh, uh, <laughs> because of how Facebook acts in certain places, and has not bothered to you know moderate. Uh, rhetoric that has, you know, escalated into uh, incredible, terrible acts uh, against humanity. I would call, I would say that crimes against humanity. Uh, funny that our episode of The Hague involving The Hague does not involve Mark Zuckerberg. But in 2010, he was just a dude who started a social media company. Um, he was, you know, they did the Social Network, the movie, and it wasn't what he is today. But he also, yes, he's he's a robot man. He doesn't. He, it's very hard to convince me otherwise. Um, what is this? What are we getting at? This is the, Matt. This is the end of Act Three. End of Act Three. The conflict is: Oh, Nelson should be dropping out of school. Yep, should be. And okay, we're gonna wrap this up in th- two minutes. All this, we're gonna wrap up this a plot two Supposedly. minutes. Okay, we go. We go to our final commercial at eighteen minutes. And when we come back, uh, we are. It's really quick, but uh, at this point, Elisa is at the table, and we get to see, oh, uh, Lisa is trying to get her family into the whole agreeing with her about Nelson's poor decisions, but everyone, even Abe, uh, is not on her side of this. So, how did everyone do with their $50? Well, I learned a valuable lesson about wanting more than I can afford. Marge, you couldn't have fun if you were a monkey on a banana boat. I used Grandpa's money to try to help someone in need, but it didn't go the way I expected. Oh, sweetie, money can't change people. It can just help them be who they are. I gave a bum a dollar once, and he used it to buy an Ellery Queen mystery. But there was one mystery Ellery Queen couldn't solve. Why a man was named Ellery. But my point is, whatever I said before I started talking about Ellery Queen. And that's the end of that chapter. Uh, because that's that, that's basically it right there. Uh, we get another scene uh, where we actually do the wrapping up. Nelson's business is failing because he doesn't understand incredibly basic things. He's using an epoxy that's water-soluble. Water which I, I've never heard of an epoxy that is water-soluble, water but 
okay. Uh, so all of the uh, modifications and repairs to many people's bikes are causing them to fall apart, which again, bikes are generally held together by bolts, not epoxies, which I feel like you don't really need that much of education to understand. But this is this is where the plot goes. Uh, Nelson has realized that, oh, it turns out maybe he does need a little bit of education. So he's decided he's going back to school. Uh, he gives everyone their money back, somehow still has money left over. So he takes Lisa uh, out on a friend date where they go roller skating and knock over nerds. And including Mark, including Mark Zuckerberg. And, Mark Zuckerberg does get knocked over and falls on his face. Which, you know, that's the best part of the episode. That really. is absolutely my high point, Matt. That is the best part of this I episode. I mean, if he had been maimed it. in some way, it'd be better, but hmm. I'm I I'll take what I can get, you know, small victories. Uh why does like they can't even just do the work to make this make sense. Like this isn't necessarily the plot itself is not necessarily like terrible. It it feels a little in the weeds to me, but you if you want to oh we need Nelson to stay in school for this reason, the fact that epoxy that's what we're, that's what we're doing like the, it feels like yeah, it's, it's it's not the whole thing about oh you need to learn to do math and accounting that's really important to be a business person and that's why you're not making any money Nelson I just anyway and it, or it's also like oh there is inherent value in being a child and socializing with other children and growing up with them and learning to get along. Like that is the thing that I think Nelson, the bully would learn better than anyone that. And like, if I was going to actually do it, it's not the, Oh, he needs to know math. He needs to know what, how bicycles work. It is interpersonal skills. You, if you're going to be a front facing business where you got to talk to customers, you have to talk to people. You have to learn to manage other people. If he's going to be running a business, he's going to have to be a leader. And you learn those things at school. It's not taught really, but by going to school, it is a part of that process of becoming human, of becoming, of growing up. And sometimes it doesn't work out the way you want, but you're definitely not going to get there by dropping out in fourth grade and running a, a business out of your garage. Like they don't even, it's not even brought up. They bring up epoxies because they have two minutes or less than two minutes because we get that, that scene with Abe at the table. Like what is, what is this? This is nonsense. Uh, this, yeah. this episode is like, I'm sure, like, they had a thought of, like, oh, this A-plot, like, it has a, the, the barest semblance of an idea of, like, oh, Lisa gives Nelson a microloan, and then he's she's worried he's going to drop out of school, and she teaches him that he's... But she, Lisa doesn't teach Nelson anything. His his bicycles fall apart or something? Like, that's it. Oh, you, you use the wrong epoxy. I'm like, well, one... What would actually that's, happen? That's an easy single lesson you can fix very quickly. <laughs> yes, exactly. You just go, oh well, bring your bikes back in. We'll fix them. We have he has money, right? He's been successful. You buy the right thing and you fix those bikes, and then you don't have that problem ever again. I don't know what. Again, it's just nonsense. So they don't try and like lay out any like it's like despite all this this is too complicated why is there so much like all these moving parts and what why is like there's a scene where skinner is now working for nelson skinner and chalmers like are, are both trying to get a job with nelson and he's, he's paying 11 dollars an hour yeah and like that's a good side gag and all but they turn it into a plot point and you're like okay uh i did matt we didn't ask this question earlier i'll ask it now did you laugh at anything in this episode I really don't think so. All the stuff with micro lending and, and Nelson and all that. Nah, I really, really, none of this was funny. No. At and, all. The, and the the fact that the B plot takes up so much time and it is anti-comedy. It is uh, aggressively unfunny. It, you're just, I just kind of like when I say at the beginning of this episode, like, I don't rem like things happened in this. I'm like, I guess they did, but it's, this is one of those episodes that it will f in, in, in about, Okay, probably less than this amount of time. I'm going to say within eight weeks, you're going to eight episodes from now, guys, you're going to Matt and I are going to have a conversation where we go Lona Lisa. Which one is that? Yeah. And then one of us will go, that's the one with micro lending and the bad B plot. And we'll go, oh yeah, that's not, wasn't very good. And that's exactly, it's just like, it's not, this is not aggressively bad, but it's also, it is aggressively bland and there's no way on earth. I'd recommend you watch any of it.
Uh, it's very kind of just there. It exists. It fulfills a contractual obligation to get this many episodes out in a season. We can move on. We'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? Yeah, I don't know, Matt. I don't know. Like, yes, I guess. I don't know. It's not. Is it? That's the thing I, I can't quite 100% figure out because it seems like they accomplished everything they wanted to. It's just the B plot is so dumb and it takes so long to set up that they squandered the A plot. So would I say it's broken? No. Would I say it could be vastly improved with a few small tweaks? Yes. I would argue, Matt, that this is not broken. This is an episode that should not exist. There's also not, that. There's just not enough here. There's just not enough fuel. There's not enough, like, there's, like... Well, I think uh, that's the problem. Is I, I really think that if they had gotten rid of the whole Homer-Marge B-plot and Homer or Marge just buys this expensive purse and has to return it, fine. Do more with the microlens. Show Nelson failing at things because he dropped out of school. You need a lot more time with that for him to get it, and then you need him realizing and having, like, a, a I hate to say it, but a come-to-Jesus moment with Lisa saying, oh... Maybe I do need to be in school kind of thing. I want more of that A-plot. That's a good A-plot of someone like Nelson who comes from a very underprivileged situation thinking, oh, you know, if I just get in the workforce, you know, my life will be so much better not realizing all the things that school can offer. That's a great thing. There's lots of humor you could get out of that. But they just steamroll with this stupid Homer Marge crap. Uh, uh, I don't know, Matt, Matt. I don't know if I ever want another, like, oh, we need to help Nelson episode. That's yeah, a, I think they've, they've played that's, Nelson. That's like, a bit. yeah, it's like, oh, they we need know. we need to help this poor kid. I'm like, do you like at a certain point? I've seen this plot before. I've seen this episode before. Like, we've done multiple episodes where Lisa and and or Marge. Like, how there's a lot of Nelson episodes over the years now, and every single one kind of culminates in the same kind of idea of like, oh, we need to help Nelson, but nothing changes by, for him by the end of the episode. And it, it kind of just becomes cruel, you know, because they have to return to the status quo, right? And obeying the Simpsons law of, oh, we need everything back the way it was. And they don't ever want to make Nelson other something other than the, the poor kid. And let's just continue to make jokes about his mom and how he doesn't have any money. And he's... It is sad. And then you're just like, oh, this is an endless cycle. It will continue forever. And after a while, it's been 20 plus years of this. I'm not laughing anymore, if I ever was. And when Yeah, you... it's like, I, I don't think, I think the last time I cared about Nelson uh, was Lisa's date with Density. After that, they've just used him for cheap jokes. Or, I don't know, uh, Bart the Mother. I feel like Bart the Mother was a, a decent showing of Nelson. Uh, it wasn't as deep as Lisa's Dead with Density, but I really appreciated it. And honestly, some of the newer episodes that involve Nelson, I feel like get him a little better. Um, there was an episode, uh, as much as I hate to say it, where like they go into the future and Lisa and Nelson kind of end up together. And that was better than this by far. And that was not a very good episode. <laughs> I just, I'm not against Nelson episodes. I'm just against, oh, we need to help this poor kid episode. Really, like, where it's just like this, like, oh, like, they make jokes about, like, guilty first world people, like, helping people. And you're like, I, like, what, what is the, what what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? So I don't think this episode's broken. I Because I wouldn't fix it. I would go, eh, come up with something better. Do a better episode. You want to do a Nelson episode? Fine. Do something more interesting. Make it different. Make him more than just a kid that needs help, which is what 90% of Nelson stuff is about. Like, give him more character. And, like, this is, like, there's stuff in here where you go, oh, that's something, but I would repurpose it and make it a new episode. I don't, you know, if he's working on bikes or whatever, I don't know. Okay. I continue. If, if you want to make this about microloans, make it about somebody we've never seen before. Like, making it about Nelson just feels mean to Nelson. I don't know. I don't want to fix it. That's my long, long short of it. I don't want to fix it. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments in the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments in the news group is where I ask our pals or supporters over there on patreon.com slash The Simpson Show for their review of an episode. They leave it. I read it. Uh, if you join us there, support us at any level, you can leave your reviews as well. Uh, join our cavalcade at Calamity Airport of Pain. First from Tim. I'm racking my head trying to figure out 
how this was allowed to be on television. The only thing that makes sense is that some insistent writer wanted to have a clip show. We don't do those anymore. He, and I'm sure it was a he, was told. Not dissuaded, he realized that he could take the plots of about six earlier episodes, make them considerably worse, and nobody would be wiser. If not that, I got nothing. This makes Elementary School Music a classic by comparison, putting this at number 439, because by gosh, Little Big Girl at least had the Mrs. O'Leary at Cow-inspired scene. Shoot this nonsense out of the can and fix this by doing a clip show if this is the best you can come up with. Trivia prediction, one set of questions based off of scenes from the class struggle in Springfield. Uh, well, I, I can, I did not use anything from scenes from the class struggle in Springfield. I can assure you there. We'll find out what Matt gave later on in trivia. Uh, from Derek, from memory, I thought this one and the next one weren't too bad, but no, this was a really limp and lifeless outing. It's easy to think the blandest of the Algene era episodes are harmless, but when you really look at this one, it contains so much of what you'll continue to drive the show into the ground. The humor of this episode consists largely of overly long time-killing scenes, which show how characterization has gone out the window. Skinner ripping off his sleeves only to be followed up with the Chalmers appearance really highlights that Chalmers as a character is dead now. He's now just the other wacky weirdo in the Skinner-Chalmers comedy duo. This is not what they made it. This is not what made the dynamic between these two so fantastic. If it were, the steamed hand bit wouldn't have never existed, and the fact that this character is gone ensures that similar scenes will never occur in the show again. Similarly, we're stupid. So Marge can't just feel pressured into buying a hat by general snobbiness and underhand remarks from like, so Helen, no, these characters are now change, change going forward to be actively hostile towards Marge. We can no longer understand the realism, the subtle cattiness that these characters used to display and why Marge would feel compelled to buy the hat because of that. Now everything has to be dumbed down so we dum-dums get what she's being bullied into it. As for the Lisa stuff, well, the writers seem to love Lisa's date with density, and yet fail every time they make an episode that repli- rep- that replicates it. This was boring, with another anti-Simpsons guest star ask kissing session. Nothing of value here. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Rupert Murdoch and Mark Zuckerberg. Man, like recently, in recent, like, can you th- like can you think like we were like I was we were, I was like half joking trying to make you list people that were, had a more deleterious <laughs> effect on the world than Rupert Murdoch, but Zuckerberg is up there. Like he's you challenge it, he might. You know, around like how many people have enabled genocide? Not a lot of them. It's pretty bad. From JJ, this episode left so little impact on me. The A plot mostly made sense. It's just boring and meandering. And I don't like Mark Zuckerberg, but then who does? But some of the Lisa and Nelson stuff is okay, so I didn't completely hate this. The B-plot sucked, though. Took up way too much time, got dumber as it went on, and Homer stole it from Marge, and it ended with a really forced-to-catch-a-predator reference, as if this episode didn't have enough embarrassing celebrity endorsement. The Itchy and Scratchy episode was good, though. Yeah, parody was fine. Uh, From Dara, Millhouse made me laugh and almost forgot that both about both the couch gag and the itchy and scratchy cartoon added Mark Zuckerberg getting double clotheslined by Lisa Nelson and my ability to forget 90% of what I just watched. That makes this the best episode of season 22. Oh no. <laughs> Is that where we're at? I mean, we're only basically we're just into the season. So it's not, it's not, there's not a lot of competition yet. I'm really hoping we get some, something better than this. Uh, that's it for uh, for that segment. Thank you all for watching the episode, for leaving reviews. Really do appreciate you. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Listener Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Listener Question of the Week this week is what is your least favorite musical guest? A lot of kind of obvious answers, but then again, not a couple couple surprises to me um mm-hmm. matt take it away all right first up from ripley wg gonna get my answer in before everyone starts crapping on lady gaga yes that episode is dumb ridiculous and not funny but there is one thing about it that puts it above my puts it above my answer lady gaga is not a horrible person this leads me to the real answer kid rock from andy Kid Rock from Kill the Alligator Run and Ted Nugent, I Don't Want to Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. It's like they were trying to appeal to the viewers of Fox News. Sorry, faux news. Uh, that correctly. Got him. Yep. Uh, from Tim, so it comes down to the two Michiganders who have made efforts to destroy democracy. One can say that Ted Nugent was at least a relevant guitarist in 1977, more than one say for Kid Rock. Uh, from Dara, let's continue the theme. I'll go the other Ted Nugent episode with season 23's Politically Inept with Homer Simpson. It's a family-friendly podcast. I won't say my true feeling on Mr. Nugent, but let's just say I'd rather eat 64 slices of American cheese without a lactate pill than see or hear Ted Nugent. 
Oh boy. As a man, um, I, I as someone who's tried to eat sixty four slices of American cheese, I'm not so sure I I could take. You, how much to Ted Nugent do I have to consume? Uh, I'm gonna have to say you have to listen to an entire album of his. Okay, what? Okay, Matt. Like Cat Scratch Fever, are we doing like seventies Nuge because that's fine. No, like the, the most recent album. Oh no, a whole I. I would still do it. Like, I was messed up for days because of that cheese, okay? So <laughs> I would still take it. It's just a shorter amount of misery. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, from Derek. Lady Gaga is an apt choice as that season 23 episode so exemplifies the fact that classic era sensibilities and this era's are antipodes of one another. The show has no bite anymore. Would rather chase trends and laud guest stars rather than give them a little roasting. For me, the most annoying were the guest stars like Snoop Dogg, Common, and RZA in the two-part season 28 musical S story, The Great Fatsby. This is just pure cringe from beginning to end. Just gathering all these rap artists so this thing could be promoted to high heaven as a star so to two-part extravaganza. Crafted by a bunch of aging white guys trying to seem cool and with it makes it seem so desperate. Add to that, it's an elongated, irritating, and deeply unfunny episode where they, in 2017, very timely parody Lerman's 2013 Gatsby adaptation. Ugh, no good. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong I, there. I don't really remember much about The Great Fatsby other than I didn't understand why it was a two-parter. But, oh my lord, Matt, I'm going to lose my mind. That's there. been a long time. Yeah, I forgot we, we, we've done that episode because it was a new episode at the time. Oh, it boy. was a new episode, Matt. We did that, that's on the Patreon. I don't think we enjoyed it very much. I think no. we thought it was... I don't think so either. No, yeah. <laughs> all right, next up from JJ. Since all the obvious answers are taken, I'll go with Baja Men singing a parody of Who Let the Dogs Out in Large Marl. Large Marge called Who Let Her Jugs Out. Ugh. Ooh, I forgot about that, JJ. Thank you for bringing that horrible uh, memory back to us. It's, it's pretty bad, yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, from Aaron. I'll go with 50 Cent in Prankster Rap, a bottom five episode, in my opinion, and he doesn't help any. I mean, you're not wrong. I, but what is he going to do? You know, what is 50 going to do about Prankster Rap? You know, he can't help that. It's not, I don't no, blame, he I don't really blame, can't. I don't blame 50. Or 50, excuse me. Fitty. Yes, Fitty. We have to pronounce it correctly. Yeah, of course. Uh, in what will be the absolutely most controversial pick so far at APW, Michael Jackson, such a disjointed episode. Whoa. I mean... Whoa, I'm not even going to say anything. I mean... I, I have a very weird... About that episode now, obviously. At the when I was a child, that episode was one of my favorites, but things have changed. Yeah, things have changed quite mm-hmm. a bit. Since then. <laughs> um, uh, next up from at 138-bit, Kid Rock. I'm not sure what is worse, him or that episode. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong there. Uh, and then finally from Brian, there are probably a lot of Lady Gagas in Kid Rock, so I'm going to go with Katy Perry. She's in a god-awful Christmas episode. Oh, wait, that's the season. Sigh. Wait, this season is in season 22 or season 34? I believe it's season 22, Matt. I think that the, the yeah, it's the, Ooh, the, okay. the, the fight before Christmas. It, yes, stars Martha Stewart and Katy Perry. So they brought in Martha Stewart, but not Snoop Dogg in a Christmas episode. What is even going on with them? Jeez. The, the Snoop Dogg as meme thing was not as, a, it wasn't as big a thing in 2010, especially the Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart. I don't think they had struck up a friendship at that point. I'm pretty sure they had. In 2010, really? Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's The Simpsons, Matt. Do you expect them to be with it and on top of things? No, that's true. They probably will get to that sometime in the next 10 years. I mean, Martha Stewart's... Finally, Robbie, Very. what is your answer? I don't know if Martha's going to make it another 10 years, Matt. She's quite old. Um, hey, she was just in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, okay? I hate to break this to you, Matt. That does not grant you immortality. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> oh, no. Kathy Ireland, <laughs> Martha Stewart, all of the super, uh, all the supermodels over the years, they are will unfortunately they are subject to time. My answer, it's really hard. I'm gonna go with Ted Nugent, um, and this is in over Kid Rock. Like those are like wow, Ted Nugent over Kid Rock, largely because at least at the time, okay. At the time, Kid Rock was a pop artist, right? He was not political in any way. He made kind of disposable music uh, and not much else, right? He was kind of just like, hey, he's the kind of a dirtbag. He has a dirtbag persona, and he makes pop music. Started out with like new metal and then kind of transitioned into pop music and country music or whatever. But he was very famous, 
and still is, not as nearly as much as he was in the late 90s, early 2000s, okay? So him appearing on The Simpsons doesn't, it doesn't rankle me as much. Certainly today, he's a, a very stupid person. But Ted Nugent wasn't, hasn't been famous basically since the 70s when he was a rock star. And even then, he was never a huge rock star. Like, he was always like a B or C, you know, tier right he's never the tippity top so he's not like a van halen of the of that era like if you're going to go like oh there's rock acts that are similar to him van halen is always well above them you know it's that kind of thing like why is he on the show what does ted nugent bring to the party nothing nothing at all he's just nothing. there because hey look rock star former rock star former rock star yeah like no one is there i like even the people who agree with him politically who listens to ted nugent do, do those people exist? Are those still people like hunt down new Ted Nugent albums? Ugh. Uh my I shudder to think. Matt, what's your answer? I'm gonna have to go with Kid Rock because uh I hate Kid Rock more than Ted Nugent. And uh at the point at that point, uh we didn't know quite how bad Kid Rock was going to be. And so I'm gonna say he hoodwinked all of us. <laughs> I didn't like him then, but I sure as hell don't like him now. Ugh. He hoodwinked me. He played a trick. It's a ruse. I don't appreciate your ruse, Kid Rock. Uh, next week's question. Who is your favorite guest who has appeared as themselves? We may have asked this one. Be a tough one here. We may have asked this one, but I don't remember it, so therefore it didn't. it's not happened. So favorite guest who appeared as themselves. I think we've done lots of iterations on this question, but I, I'm curious. I don't remember. I, mean, I'm, I, I think I already know Matt's answer. Ooh, I, that's I interesting because I don't know my answer. I think we're gonna, I'm not going to say it out loud. I don't want to. I don't want to sway the jury, but I think I know your answer, Matt. We're gonna. I'm gonna find out. I, I've locked it in. Right. Uh, we're gonna see if it, you're true to what I think you are. Okay. Social experiment. Uh, I'll post this question on all our social media: Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod, email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. and you can also answer on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash The Simpsons Show. I post it publicly, so as long as you're a member of Patreon, at any like, even if you have, do not support us, you can still answer there. It's one of the few places where the social media is not messing. There's no algorithm you have to worry about. Uh, next up, next segment. It is time, once again, for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. We are tied after one episode. One to one. Hey, Matt. Yes, Robbie. Give me an easy question. All right. Your easy question. Who uh, does Lisa end up dating in Lisa's Date with Density? Nelson Muntz. You are correct. Your easy question, Matthew. In Sleeping with the Enemy, who ends up staying with the Simpsons? I believe that is Nelson Muntz. That is correct. Your medium question. What brand and model of car does Superintendent Chalmers buy? Make and model? Make and model. Is that the episode where he steals the H? I don't know. Mm, is that Skinner's car? Is that Chalmers' car? I don't see. I don't remember. My, my brain is just like awash with Simpsons ephemera, and most of it is from the past like decade of episodes. No, uh -huh. It's all gone. It's like a vast ocean of morass of uh, like a, 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 a sitting water that has like a film on top and getting to the in, the information for the trivia any trivia questions seems impossible like i need a pool filter um you want those little robots that do the skimming uh, on the bottom of the pool <laughs> that is just for trivia information in my brain uh, he, uh a honda accord you are correct wow exactly right i just had to ponder the h i'm like h honda what's the i know like I know it's there. But the, the the real question is, and this is not for a bonus point, but do you know the year? Oh, God, no. Uh, yeah. 1979. Okay, I was going to guess in the 80s. I was going to guess in the 80s. I was going to guess here. Matt, your medium question. In Sleeping with the Enemy, Lisa constructs a hopscotch game. How many squares long? Oh, God. Um, I know it's long. I'm going to say... 52? Sorry, Matthew. It oh, is, what is it? 68. 
68. Good lord. So long. And then, but then, this the, it is only a diversion because it becomes about Lisa's butt being big. Um, yeah, of course. Right, of course. Uh, what's my hard All question? Right, your hard question. What items does Homer attempt to pass off as sprinkles on a donut? I know I've asked this before, but also, oh well. Can you tell me how many items there are? There are three. Oh, three others. Okay. Uh, that is not the, it is not a sprinkle. That is not a sprinkle. Mm-hmm. That is not a sprinkle. Perhaps in Shangbird, ah, they are. Um, a, a Twizzler, a Jolly Rancher, and a Snickers bar? Ooh, you are so close. It is a Mounds bar is the final one. I don't get nothing. I get no partial. Nothing. You get one. You get one point because you got the other two. Okay. Your hard question, Matt. What is the title of the book Marge uses to entertain Bart and the other party goers? <sighs> entertain Bart and the other partygoers. Bart. They have a I believe uh, oh, a birthday right, party for, uh, for Bart's Bart. party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What is the book? They have to draw a picture of Eisenhower. Oh uh, yeah, his uh, his relationship with French premier. Um, Jacques Necker was frosty at best. Um, I can't believe you remember that. I'm glad I didn't ask you that question. <laughs> but I don't remember the book. It's the hard thing. Um, I I have no clue. Cloudy Day Diversions is the name of the book. Oh, of course. Of course. Which is, I think, like, you can look at those, like, that's a, a little subtle sign of, like, the, them putting less effort into things where, like, there's not a funny name, right? Cloudy Day Divergence yeah. is a real, like, it sounds legitimate. It sounds like a real, like, one of those books that parents buy to entertain, like, with activities for kids to do during their indoor yeah. day. But there's no, like, little twist that gives it a little bit of an edge, a little bit of a, j- a gag. It's just Cloudy Day Diversions. Eisenhower bit is pretty funny, though. I'll give him that. Sleeping, Sleeping with Enemies is a reasonably okay post-Golden Years episode. And and that's a Nelson episode that has a lot more potential, like in comparison yeah. to like something like this this week's episode. Uh, I have pulled ahead, Matt. I cannot wait until you crush me later on in this year, which is inevitably what happens. Um, I I just can't let up. See, that's the thing. I can't let my guard down. That's inevitably why I lose. I let my guard down, <laughs> and you come roaring back. With information I didn't expect you to know, but that's the thing. I just have to stay on my toes, keep my head on a swivel, mm-hmm. and I'll and I can I can hold on, even build on the lead. I want to demolish you this season. That's my goal, not just to win. Oh, okay. Because here's the thing: I won't demolish you, but if I have that in mind, like of overshooting, I might be able to pull out a victory. Because it's been a, it's been a long time since I've won, and I'm desperate. Very desperate. Okay, that's it for trivia. We can move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, as we watch them chronologically, eventually compile a list of every episode ever, and how good they are. Oh boy, this episode sure is a lot of nothing. Um, that's gonna be really hard. A lot of nothing. Uh, it's it's um it's it's in a like it's in a great. It's going to be okay. I, I, it's like in high, th- like, I guess, or low 300s or it were high 400s. Like, it, like, I, I think it's in there somewhere. I think, you know, like, Papa Don't Leech or Lost Verizon, The Great Wife Hope. It's in these episodes, which are like just dumb and boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. I think it's certainly. I think Mo Letter Blues is better than this. Yeah, I would definitely rather watch that again, despite the stupidness of it. I mean, it's not good. Like I'm just saying, I think it's better than this. Burns and the Bees, man. I'm gonna say I think Burns and the Bees is better than this. Yeah, yeah, you're not. Wrong I think about Burns that. and the Bees is better. Like Burns and the Bees isn't good, but it's more. It's more entertaining than this. Like this is dreadfully boring. Um. Papa Don't Leech. Oh, that one's real bad. Which one is Papa Don't Leech again? Remind me. Oh, Lurleen Lumpkin's dad. Ooh, I think that's the spot, man. I think we found it. I think I would put it right between them. Yeah, I think that's where I'm looking at. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's appropriate. Um, Lona Lisa. Is there, like, how long has it been since I have had, we've had an episode where I didn't groan? At the just the when I say the title, it's been forever. 
Lona Lisa. That is right below the Burns and the Bees, right above Papa Don't Leech. There's a new number 387, a new number 194 on our post-Golden Years ranking. Not very good. Not the worst, but not very good. Um, still number one on our list is Homer's Enemy. Still last on our list is Codependence Day. Long may it rain. Uh, who knows? We might have a worse episode this season. It's certainly possible. I can't put it past them. They're just going to have to try really hard. Um, we're not done, though. We're almost done. We're not done. We're almost done, but we're not done. We have one more question to answer before we go. And that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! I mean, what what is there worth keeping? What like? Of... There's no reason to keep this at all. Fire the cannon. And nothing of value was lost. <laughs> Indeed. I'll forget this episode by next week. I'll go. What do you? What is there? What have I? What happened? Um. So goodbye forever, Lona Lisa, out of the canon. We can answer the same question about every episode unless as we work our way down. Eventually, we'll get every single episode sorted. Uh, we are currently number one thirty-seven on a list, and that is Selma's Choice. Um, uh, what a lovely episode. Of course it stays. I don't think there's any dissent here. None whatsoever. No. Selma's Choices, and like, that, we're, like, Selma's Choices, really solid episode, right? We're number, that's 137. That's just how deep the bench is in the golden years. We're, we're number 137, and it's Selma's Choice. Really solid episode. Funny, really good character, uh, work with, with Selma. It's a lot of fun. I, I, despite the fact that it's kind of also a little bit of a sad episode but um yeah it stays of course it stays you can find this list on our website it's the simpsons show.com has links to all our stuff to our this list to our twitter and our rss feed and to our patreon if you want to help support the show we'd really appreciate that obviously even a couple bucks a month uh does help a lot and you get yourself some bonus content out of it uh our next episode matt is money bart so I'm assuming this is about a money ball kind of thing, but also Lisa coaches Bart's baseball team to success using statistics and probability. But okay, with, there, with, there's a possibility this could be good with a, with a side of Lisa and Bart like rivalry conflict. All right, uh, has Bill James in it? That nerd <laughs> took takes all the fun out of sports. Not really. It's it's a different kind of fun. What's the on-base? Nerdy fun. Uh, how important? We, you need to know how important on-base percentage is, Matt. It's very important. Maybe is, more, yep. e even more important. I mean, we'll talk about baseball statistics. I know Matt loves it. It's his favorite sport, baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can ignore it 90% of the time and still know what's going on. It is part of the joy of baseball is like you can just kind of <laughs> like half pay attention to a game and still technically watch it. This also has a it also has a couch gag by Banksy, which is I think interesting. We'll see what that how that goes. Uh that's next week. Uh tune in, watch us listen. We we you know, you know what to do. We've done this for a bunch a long time. <laughs> so, it's not not a mystery anymore. Um that's it for us. Before we go, you can find me online. Uh, my name, Robbie Dorman. We're everywhere, literally. Social media. My website is Um, in there's You heard a blurb. Again, there's a link in the show notes. I'm on TikTok now. So go follow me on TikTok. Uh, you know, watch, do what you do on TikTok. I don't really, I'm still learning what TikTok, what I'm supposed to do on it. But I've been making videos. So there's that. Uh, follow me there. Breed on my book. War on Humanity is a sequel to War on Halloween. A long-awaited sequel. War on Halloween's out there. Go read that now. If you read it now, you'll be ready for War on Humanity when it comes out next month. Go pre-order yourself a copy of War on Humanity. Uh, it's on Amazon, wherever you buy books. Uh, really helps me out. Uh, and it's a really fun read. Uh, I think it is maybe my the my book with the most broadest appeal yet. You don't have to be a strict horror fan to even like it. And I don't even think you necessarily need to read War on Halloween before you read it. But you should, because they're both good books. Uh, go do that. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is correct. I spend all of my time cleaning up poop. I am the janitor of a household. 
Uh, and thankfully, it's mostly adorable kittens, so it doesn't feel like as much work as, you know, uh, it, it could be. But if you want to see the adorable kittens who I'm constantly cleaning up after, you can check out Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram to see the adorable little indie, short for indecisive, because choosing names is hard, let's be real. And uh, just this morning, I picked him up as he was trying to pee outside the litter box. You take him to a litter box, and he sprayed pee all over my floors that I then had to clean up. So uh, you get to enjoy the cuteness without having to clean up the pee. So just check out adorable kittens and bask and not having to clean up after them. I can't really add much to that. <laughs> I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Hey, you guys, what's up? Shh.